We are joined now from Albany by Rita Passarell, who's a member of the Sexual Harassment Working Group. As I mentioned at the top of the show, this is a group of victims, alleged victims, who came together to push for stronger sexual harassment laws at the state level and, importantly, public hearings on the matter. Last year, there were some laws passed in the state budget to fight sexual harassment, but those laws were crafted behind closed doors. There were no legislative hearings. The governor's office didn't have any hearings. And this group, the Sexual Harassment Working Group that our guest is part of, really put on a strong push to get a hearing to happen. And that occurred today in Albany, is still going on in Albany. But Rita Passarell joins us now on the line. Thanks for joining us here on WBAI. Thank you so much for including me. So give us your your initial reaction here. I'm sure it's been a challenging day. You were among those testifying. Um, What's your takeaway so far uh, from Albany? Yes, actually. So I just was testifying until about three minutes ago. Um, Thank you for rushing on the phone with us. Well, I'm I'm very glad to. I'm glad to share what's been going on here today. So we had a a full house this morning of legislators sitting up there. I think there were uh, over 40 legislators in attendance when the hearing began. And there's a long list of people who have signed up to speak. First up were the agencies, and we only have heard uh, so far today from Department of Labor and um, the New York City uh, Commission on Human Rights and the EEOC, and now up is uh, JCOP. And we, and in between those, is the sexual member, the workers from the Sexual Harassment Working Group have spoken. So those are the only people who've gotten to speak so far today. It's quite a small number, and that is because the members and senators are giving um, a thorough, indulgent set of questions, but it is uh, a bit concerning just because so many people from other orgs have come up to speak and share their stories and their expertise we have a number of people who are waiting still to speak, and I hope they do get a chance to speak today. And so on the on the substance, and that sounds like a, a bit of a challenging issue, and hopefully there's ways to accommodate those folks either into the evening, which happens sometimes, or, or even at a second date. Um, but on the substance of what has been said today, are there some key takeaways um, that are important for folks to know about? key takeaways I would say is that it sounds like a lot of experts agree that the severe or pervasive standard that's currently applied by New York State for sexual harassment cases is something that needs to go. We've heard that a number of times from people who have spoken about how this is a standard that fails to protect workers. Um, And I also think I would take away that it sounds like uh, a little bit of a culture change happening in now where people are willing to listen a bit more than it seems like they have in the past. I'm hopeful from the fact that the hearings happened that we will see these lead to actual changes. So um, the last thing that we would want to see is this hearing to have happened, but then when we reach the end of the session um, that we wouldn't see any actual legislative changes coming to pass. So I hope that the hearing is used uh, thoroughly and diligently by the legislators to listen, learn, take all the patterns from the workers' experiences and reduce them to um, you know, some real policy and legislative proposals. 
Rita, just to pull back a bit, over the past two years, we've heard an avalanche of disturbing, very, very disturbing revelations about problems like this in, in different industries, whether it's Hollywood or the media, um, sports. Obviously, there's a longstanding set of stories around religious institutions. When it comes to the problem of sexual harassment in government, is there anything different about that? Are there features of how it operates there that we should be aware of? Or is this kind of a corollary to the larger problem that we're finding more and more out about that kind of obviously pervades society? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's a bit of both. Um, So I would say that what sexual harassment has in common across industries tends to be the power dynamics. Um, You know, it tends to be the people who have a lot of power to get away with the things that they want to try to do. Um, And but on the other hand, in government, there is a particular nature of uh, government uh, touching so many aspects of people's lives. And I, I mean that in the sense of the assembly members of the senators uh, who have the power over, you know, um, what nonprofits do, what other companies do. And I think that people fear coming out against people who have the elected who have such power and influence in other areas. So when you're taking on an assembly member or a senator or another government official who has harassed you and you're thinking about whether or not to report, there's a real sense of taking on not only that person, but everyone in that, that harassers network and everyone who has to stand something to lose from it. Because if that person in power goes down, then um, you know all the people who they've helped could be affected as well. So I think that is a bit real obstacle to reporting. And when we don't get reporting, we don't get rid of harassment in workplaces. Is it your sense um, that there's been a culture shift in New York state government, especially in terms of how sort of the inner workings of Albany happen? Um, What's your assessment of where that, um, you know, evolution is? Uh, yeah, that's a really tricky one. Yeah. I hope that we really won't know. It's, it's a good one, but it's a tricky one. I think we will really know for sure whether there's been a culture change as a product of what legislation may come to pass this year. A lot of people have been very hopeful because of the changes in particular in the Senate and also that now um, there are more women in power. And I think that is a good sign. Um, it is also something that concerns me when we, it sounds like we're getting towards giving greater duties to the people who would be the ones you know, who are most impacted and most likely to be discriminated against or harassed. So I think that there has been a bit of a change, though, um, because we've, we've had a lot of really good conversations with Senator Biaggi and Assemblymember Simotis and Senator Cruz, Assemblymember Court, where they're really willing to listen and start doing um, very helpful legislation that are going to really change change the lives of workers. If we could, uh, you mentioned changing this um, uh, this pervasive uh, as requirement in the law. Um, but what are what are if you you know without diving too deep into the weeds here um, and folks should obviously follow up by reading what your group has put out in terms of detailed recommendations that you put forward about how to improve these laws that were passed last year um, without going too into too many details what are the top three four you know as many as you want to list sort of priorities mm-hmm. for you that you want to see out of here. 
Yeah, so I'd say that is probably our number one, the severe pervasive, for sure. And that's that's because we've talked to a lot of experts in the area, and that's what they advise. So we, we trust the people who've been around looking at this for a long time. I would say number Which is, two. I'm sorry, just, is to, just, just, and that is just to reduce the burden on victims for having yeah. to prove that they were victimized, right? That it's, that they. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Sorry, exactly. go ahead. Exactly. And what we're. Yeah, that's, that's that's exactly it, and it's we're we're advocating for a lower standard that is the same one that's followed by New York City, and um, you know that that can be read, read more about on our policy paper what the difference in the standard is. But it makes it a lot easier for workers to get justice. Um, I would say number two is getting rid of something called the Farragher-Ellers defense, and that's another somewhat complex area of the law. But there's a, a very unjust piece of the law there that defense that says. If a worker doesn't report, uh, they, the employer may be able to take advantage of this to say that they're not at fault. Um, and this is, this is obviously very bad because if an employer gets a reputation for not taking complaints seriously, then workers are going to stop reporting to that employer. And then the employer will get to turn around in court and use the defense that the worker didn't report. So it's, it's a tricky one, but that's like a very important one. And I would say number three would be probably, you know, relating to various proposals relating to improving neutrality and um, timing of investigations. Often we see investigations in workplaces, both in government and without, being done by the same people who are in the company or the government office who would be um, connected to the harasser. So this is a serious question of whether it's a thorough process when somebody's, uh, you know, it's kind of that the fox guarding the hen house type of situation when somebody's too close to the process determining whether harassment occurred. Um, and also something we've seen connected to that on the timing, as I mentioned, is that we don't want investigations to lag on forever. Um, Erica Vladimir, who's in our group, who she accused Senator Klein, that, you know, former Senator Klein of forcibly kissing her, she had spoken out over a year ago, and uh, Jay Cope may be investigating it, Jay Cope may not be, and, and we don't know, and nobody really knows, because Jay Cope has some very serious confidentiality requirements that they're not able to disclose the status. Talk about that for a second, because that is, from a sort of due process standpoint, an interesting question. You know, obviously, there is this, uh, there are cultural problems with the execution of power in government, especially in elected office, that, that make this problem particularly complicated from that end. But you also have the people who would be accused, in probably in many cases accurately, uh, being in a position, if they are elected officials, of being unusually vulnerable to uh, damage to their reputation. And so yeah. there are, are interesting questions, right, about when, what should be disclosed when and, and when it's appropriate for allegations to be um, discussed publicly. Have you thought about what is a responsible way to handle that? Because obviously citizens have a right to know um, at a point, but drawing that line, it strikes me, could be a pretty delicate thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think that it doesn't need to be some big parade of information. Um, It could be very tailored to the situation, depending on which agency is doing its investigation. They all kind of have their different requirements. But for Jacob, for example, I think that they could do something about um, improving confidence in the process by just giving some 
simple information about the process, uh, what is going on to advise you know, people who are involved in the investigation, people who may be witnesses or the target of harassment who's reported, giving simple information saying, hey, here's the timeline we're looking forward to doing and here are the basic steps that will be involved. And the, the person involved, you know, the, the elected official, uh, that's, that's the only who, who Jacob would be investigating under the public office as well would be a, a elected official. You might not have to name that person publicly. You can just say, um, you know, there's an investigation and here is the timeline and, and just, just letting people know that something is in motion. Speaking on that topic a little bit more, and, and again, uh, we're really happy you're joining us, but also sorry to pull you away from the Jacob testimony. Um, that has been how Jacob has handled complaints from victims and alleged victims um, has you know, been at the heart of some of your, the group, the criticism of your group and others is a goal to remove, um, sexual harassment investigations that, that relate to state government away from JCOP. Um, is there, are there major changes structurally to how investigations happen that you want to see? So we Be- beyond what you said already, though. of course. Yeah. Yeah, of course. We've discussed this a lot in the group and there's some, um, we're, we're a little open on how that would be handled. I particularly like that there is an extra hook to hold accountable, to hold harassers accountable, and I mean the public officers' law. But there's the um, you know the overarching problem of Jacob's appointment process, which is an issue of neutrality and independence because the people who are appointing to Jacob are very closely connected to um, the people who are covered by the law. Especially the governor and the legislative uh, leaders. Exactly, yes. Rita, we only have a a, a few, uh, about a minute left. I'm curious if if people might be listening who work in government now, have worked in government, have worked for elected official, and they may realize that they have something that they would like to disclose, an incident they want to talk about. I hope not, but it's possible. Uh, If you are someone listening who feels as though you have been victimized, what's the best way for them to not just report that, but to be part of this process of trying to improve these um, the regulations, the laws, and the resources you've talked about. How would you suggest they get involved? So in terms of getting involved, uh, we're always really curious to hear what anybody has to say. You can reach out to us. Anyone can reach out to us at sexualharassmentworkinggroup at gmail.com. And uh, I would say that anybody who thinks they may have been harassed or discriminated at work, the first thing they should probably do is get a lawyer. Um, I think that that's a, that's a pretty important thing because often... You know, we don't we don't want to require of workers that they have to be experts in employment law, uh, but sometimes when people have been around a workplace that is so toxic for so long, they kind of lose track of exactly how bad it's been. And sometimes, you know, an employment lawyer can bring them back and say, you know, what's happening to you is illegal, and, and you have rights. Well, that's very helpful. And I do want to note before we say goodbye um, that, you know, we focus a lot of our conversation on on in government, but also these laws and the changes you're seeking, some of them at least apply to the broader public, to the private sector. You know, the, the laws that were passed last year, not just about what happens in state government. So folks should keep that in mind as well. We obviously on this show and our publications focus on, on government a lot. And that's where this conversation has been. And your group is folks who've served in government. Um, but I want to make sure folks listening know that this is not just about um, things that happen in government. 
Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And uh, so Rita Passarell from the Sexual Harassment Working Group, thank you for the work you've been doing and thank you for taking the time with us here on WBAI. And you're listening to Max and Murphy on WBAI 99.5 FM and WBAI.org. The last couple of minutes here with Jarrett Murphy from City Limits and I'm Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. We've heard from former City Council Speaker Melissa Mark Viverito about her public advocate campaign and Rita Passarell about a hearing happening in Albany on sexual harassment in the workplace. Jarrett, a couple of closing, closing thoughts, something at City Limits, uh, perhaps, that you've been reporting on that folks should look at on, on CityLimits.org. Yes, there's no natural way to segue to it from what we've talked about so far today, but it's an interesting topic. Nonetheless, we are building out our coverage of aging as a pressing policy issue facing the city, one that touches on many other issues, one that is uh, very much underreported, undercovered. And we have an excellent article on the site today by Roshan Abraham about caregiving in the state under the state's new paid leave law. It's a complicated topic. It's a complicated law, one that a lot of people don't want to think about, but many of us uh, almost certainly will have to either as caregivers or people who are being given care. Probably many of us will serve both those roles. So definitely check that out uh, if you're planning on getting older or knowing anyone who is. Mm, That would be all of you. Um, So on GothamGazette.com, I'll just quickly highlight that folks should check for a couple articles we've published in the last day or so. Um, One, there's going to be a hearing at the city council coming up on a couple of proposals related to what to do about retail establishments that have gone cashless. And this is a question around um, equity and city council member Richie Torres, for example, wants to ban the practice of going cashless and saying no retailers can stop people um, from using cash if they want to use cash. Um, There's some competing proposals around that. And we also published a story, uh, among some others, about some legislative uh, proposals to reform how district attorney campaign finance is run. And this is uh, district attorneys are elected 62 across the state. And this is often these are often elections that are not necessarily given the most press or ink, but they also raise money. And there's very few laws governing that. But there's some legislators who are looking to reform the system as part of broader campaign finance reform discussions at the state level. Perhaps something we'll dig into another time. So you've been listening to Max and Murphy on WBAI 99.5 FM, listener-sponsored non-commercial radio. He's been Max from GothamGazette.com. I'm Jarrett Murphy from CityLimits.org. We're on every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Tune in next week and have a great week until then.